We're basically covering the Mishnah where the Mishnah told us a number of events, a number of discussions that happened on that same day, which when Rabbi Loza ben Azariah became the Nasi and Rabbi Gamliel was impeached. The disparate topics, it's not like there's a link between the topics. And, um, and the very last one is a Gadotah sort of about um, Eve. And the, the Mishnah told us that uh, Eve, you know, despite all the sufferings that he had, Rabbi Shubhan Hurkana said that Eve served Hashem out of love to Hashem. And he brought a Pasik. If Hashem would kill me, loy ayachem, which uh, can be translated as I still, uh, you know, hope with him, and I still, um, you know, turn towards him. But then the Mishnah said, it's still not clear exactly what Ia was trying to say. And um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm Okay, if somebody can mute themselves. Um, anyway, so it's still not clear if he's saying that he does, you know, hope for Hashem or he does not hope for Hashem. And then we brought another positive where he said, even if I die, my faith will always be with him. And Rabbi Shua said, oh, I wish Rabbi Yechimazaka was up because he said he did it out of Yira, out of fear. So the Gemara wants to understand, what do you mean we're not clear what Yehoshua meant? Says the Gemara. Eve did not serve Hashem, only out of love. And then we say, it's a we're not sure what he was trying to say. Because it says, it can be either to him, to Hashem, Ayachel, you know, I still hope, I hope to, or and I believe in, or loy could be no, I don't any longer believe in him. So which one is it? Says the Gemara, the Let us have a look. Hi loy. How is the word loy written? Ibel Lamed Aleph. See if it's written Lamed Aleph, it means loy who means no that he does not have any more faith in Hashem. And Ibel Lamed Vav. See if it's with a Lamed Vav that means loy to him. Then loy you. Why why are you saying that Shtavar Shakol were not clear? So the um, says the Gemara, and you think if it's written just Lamed Aleph, it's automatically automatically means he doesn't. Every time it says Lamed Aleph, it means he isn't. And let me ask, let me ask you a question. And and uh, let me ask you a question. It says in the pasuk, that all the tzaras that the Jewish people find themselves in, Loitzar, it's written with an Aleph, which according to you means Loitzar that Hashem doesn't feel the pain. Yet, yet, it's a Lamed Aleph. And Hachinami, you think it means Hashem doesn't feel the pain? Maybe that's what it means, Hashem does not feel our pain. But see, it says, It says that Hashem sent an angel to help us. Obviously, he did feel the pain. Even though it's with an Aleph, it could mean light. Even though it's written with an Aleph, it could mean light. That yes. So the Mishnah means the word light sometimes can mean no, sometimes it can mean yes. And therefore, we're not sure what it means. We had to bring another pasuk. Now, it's, it's a, okay. What exactly means is, you know, there's a word in the Gemara which is written Aleph Yud Nun, and it can be the way we normally translate it is it can be two words. It can be Ain, which means no, or it can be In, which means yes. However, some Mefarshim say we had this in Kedushim, but some Mefarshim say that. There's no such thing as two words, ain and in. Why would the Gemara use the same letters and mean two exact opposite things and confuse us? They both mean no. But it could be written as a statement. It could be written as a question. 
So when ain is a statement, it means no. When ain is means yes, it's supposed to be read ain. No, of course it's yes. And so they want to say the same thing here. Loi means no. But if you read it as a question, you think if Hashem did this, I won't still believe in him. And if it's a question, then even though it's written as no, it really means yes. And that's what the Gemara is saying here. And that's why Shimon Hurkin had to bring that other possible. Says the Gemara further, Tanya, we learned, in a Braiser, it says, Nemar, it says in Pasik, it says the word, it describes Eve as a God fearing person. And Venema is another passage which talks about Avram Avinu. It says, by, by the Akedah, Hashem says to Avram, now I know, now I know that you're a God fearing person. But we know that Avram's main virtue was that he was a very loving person. Even though it says God fearing, he was actually a very loving, he loved Hashem, he served Hashem out of love. Same so too, even though we use the expression, is out of love. How do you know? Maybe when it says that means literally that, God fearing. It says, because you know why? There's another passage when describing Avram, it says, Zera Avram that Yaakov is a descendant of Avram, my one who loves me. So we see that Avram, even though Avram also obviously was a God fearing person, but his main way of serving, method of serving Hashem was out of love. And Yitzchak was Gevura, and Avram was Chesed. So the, the same thing by Eve, even though it says Yireh, it means love. That's what Ramea says. Says again, and that's the argument on Mishnah, Shubin Hurkin Abyechon, whether he served Hashem out of fear, Abyechon Zakeh said, or he served out of love, like Shubin Hurkin. Says the Gemara, my Ika ben Oisema Avala Oisema What is the difference in, as, as far as um, your Avaida to Hashem, whether it's out of Ava, whether it's out of the year, is there a difference in the, I guess, in the reward? Yes, there is. How the Tanya we learned, Hashem Allah's Raymond, Godl Oisema Ava. Greater is the reward who serves Hashem out of love than someone who serves Hashem out of fear. Shazeh Toli. And as the Rambam explains that when you do out of, out of love, you do that you're proactive and you do all the mitzvahs. That's the cause of all your mitzvahs, I say. Fear prevents you from doing the wrong thing. So that is, the I guess, the major driving force in observing the mitzvahs, not doing the wrong thing. So the Mara says, the difference is as follows. If you serve Hashem out of fear, you'll be rewarded for the next thousand generations. But but if you um, serve Hashem out of love, you'll be rewarded for 2,000 generations. How do I know that? We have a pasuk that Hashem they will give charity to 2,000. Those who love me will shame the mitzvahs to observe my mitzvahs. So it says clearly, those who love me I will reward for the next 2,000 generations. But and the other Pasuk says, that Hashem will, will, will you know, keep his word, and he will give charity uh, to those who love him, and those who, who guard his mitzvahs, for only 1,000 generations. And we're going to attribute that Pasuk to those who serve Hashem out of fear. Says, what do you mean? Hasanami see if you look at that Pasuk, it says clearly, to those who love him, and they observe his mitzvah, it says also, look at each one where it says, right before it says the reward, what does it say? When it comes to Laupayim, to 2000 generations, it says, Laupayim, so immediately after the word to 2000, it says to those who love me. 
Okay, but when it comes to the thousand, it says they are and then it's, then it's, it says they are will the shame and then it's a level there. So we see here that when it says we're not referring to the we're referring to the shame and the of those who make sure they do my mitzvahs, that they don't do anything wrong, and they don't violate any of my mitzvahs, and that is done out of fear of Hashem. Says the Gemara there were two students, there were two students sitting before Rabbi. One of them said to Rabbi, I had a dream, and I dreamt the following sentence. How wonderful is all the good that Hashem stored for those of fear. So I dreamt the entire passing about fearing Hashem. And the other one says, that I read, I had a passing where it says, that rejoice all those that have trust in me, that all those that have will be rejoicing, all those that have faith in me, and will be joyous, all those who love Hashem. I dreamt all about loving Hashem. He said to them both, Rabbi Rabbi said to them both, that you should know that you're both going to grow up to be great tzaddikim. One of them is going to be serving me out of love, and one of them is going to be serving Hashem out of fear. Yeah, so that is so that is what it means. Rashi asked, we had we had the Gemara a short time ago that when it says the separate from the following people, somebody's conniving and cunning. It also says somebody serves Hashem out of love and out of fear. So and here we're saying that it's a good thing. The Rashi says that there the Gemara is talking about, as we explained then. You're doing it out of love for your reward. It's all about you. And, and you're doing it out of love for Hashem. Not love for Hashem. You're doing it to love because you want to be rewarded. You love yourself. Or fear, you don't want to be punished. That's when the Gemara says it's no good. Here we're talking about you, you're doing, you're serving Hashem out of love to Hashem. And out of fear of Hashem. That's what Rashi says. But really, in the Gemara before we had, the Gemara, Rabbi and Rabbi both said, take it out because we say, that he clearly said that um, that um, sorry, I just realized I wasn't even on the video. We learned in the Gemara before that Abai Rava said remove that phrase separate from Hashem and don't be out of the year because even if you did it for the wrong reason, you love you love yourself, you want to get rewarded. Or you have fear, you uh, fear the punishment. It's all right because this is how you start, and eventually you'll end up doing the right thing for the right reasons. So it's not so clear what was bothering Rashi here in the first place. Anyway, Hadron Allah Kishem Shamayim. This concludes Kishem Shamayim, and now we're up to the next parik, which is the uh, distinction between Ahava and Yira is whether this Chah, the person who does a Ahava, doesn't care whether this Chah or not. In the Gemara here, Rashi says we're talking about Avas Hashem or Yiras Hashem. The Gemara before, when the Gemara says refrain from serving Hashem out of the we're referring to a completely different thing. Ava, you're loving yourself and you want to get rewarded, or Yira, you're loving yourself, or you fear the punishment if you violate the mitzvahs. I said the problem with that is in the Gemara before, the Gemara dismisses that and said, in truth of the matter is, even if you're doing it because you want to get rewarded, the fact is that through that you'll eventually do Lishma. Yeah. So um, you know, it wasn't such a bad thing. Okay. Next parig. This is a short parig, so we'll do the entire parig tonight.
Tosis says he does not understand why this next peric is here. And let's just do the first couple of lines. You'll see straight away what's bothering Tosis. And he doesn't answer. He says, we had before that for a woman to be a site, there's a process involved. There's kinui, which is you have to war, you warn your wife. You don't be, you know, you're getting too um, flirtatious with that particular person. So that's called kinui. And we said in the first mission here that you need to, according to Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Leza, you need two witnesses. With that, that you warned, even though we had more an opinion that says you can be Makanai de Atzmai, but in the Mishnah said you need two witnesses. And then we have the next stage is Vestina, where she was in isolation, seclusion with that person alone, long enough for something to happen, um, um, I guess, uh, um, untoward. And uh, and there we had an argument, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Shur. Rabbi Lezer said for Stira, even a single witness is sufficient because there's already some grounds, some credibility here. Because he really warned her, and now she's alone with this guy. One person's enough. And we have Rabbi Yeshua says, No, you still need two people for uh, stira. But once he had the stira, she then drinks those that water. And uh, and then the results are whatever the results are. If she refuses to drink the water, then she uh, she has to, you know, she gets she receives a, a get, a divorce, but she forfeits a ksuda. If the husband refuses to have to get her to drink, He's not allowed to live with anymore. She's forbidden. As we had a few days ago, it's, even though it's a suffix, it's really treated like a vadai, you know, and then they can't live together. But she also does not lose a ksuba because he didn't give her a chance to prove herself one way or another. She's denying it, obviously. So he didn't give her a chance to prove herself. Then what happens if a witness comes after the stira and says, but I know for a fact that uh, there was a dalliance between the two and, and, and she became tummy. So um, she no longer drinks the water. He no longer drinks the water because uh, what's the point? We now have testimony that she that she did commit adultery, and she loses her ksula. Now that's called nitma. So you have kinu stira, and now we're going to talk about nitma for this next stage. Do we need so you, to you, you, you you believe one witness? Yes. The next stage is even one witness, or even less than that, as we'll see. And that's what the Gemara will talk about. The Mishnah will talk about. So Taisa said, "I don't understand. This Mishnah should have been right in the following the first Mishnah we had in, in Saita, because in the between, in the between, we learned about that she drank. You know, she drank already. We about the racing the, the, the Hashem's name. You know, the pasuk and all that. So someone to say that this Mishnah actually is talking about she already drank, and now and, and nothing happened. And now came along a witness said, but I know she became tummy." And maybe the, what they're saying here is that she loses a ksuba. Either water didn't do its right thing, because maybe she has a mitzvah that kept, you know, that protected her. Or maybe the fact there's an aid out there, we had an opinion, if there's an aid anywhere in the world, the water is not is rendered ineffective. So let's do the Mishnah. So me, so we're going to have to continue the argument of Abeleza Meshur. Abeleza, who says that when it comes to the second stage, Tira, even a single witness is enough. Says the Mishnah, he warned his wife, Ven Nistra, and then she went into isolation. And then the um, even if he heard an expression from a flying bird, in other words, he heard a rumor, he heard someone speak who is not considered a, a valid witness, for example, even an evid, a slave, who's not considered a, a valid or a maid, they're not valid as witnesses, nevertheless. <clears throat> um, um, what do you call it? The way Rashi learns is we're talking about the steer itself. Rabbi Lezer said before the steer itself, the isolation, one witness is enough. Comes along this mission and says that, that this one witness does not even have to be 
a kosher witness. It can be anybody. Is Yoitzi v'yitni ksuba. He has to divorce her and give her a ksuba. What do we have to give her a ksuba? We drink water. So it means, according to Rashi, if he's supposed to give her drink water, you're not live together anymore. But if he doesn't want her to drink the water, then he he must he should divorce her. He must divorce her. And but in this case, because he doesn't allow her to drink the water, so she cannot prove her innocence, he has to pay around the ksuba. That is how Rashi uh, learns. Taisa doesn't like the pshat. He learns we're talking about, you know, after the stira, then came along this rumor. And this, so there's no point in drinking the water anymore because we now have, even though the witness is a poor witness, telling us that she committed adultery. So what's the point of uh, drinking the water? <clears throat> yeah. Or the other way around. That's what Sanat says. Other learn that way. Taisa learns, sorry, that was some other shine. Taisa learns, that even, yeah, that we were talking about that um, before there was stira, there was no stira. Suddenly he heard rumors that that she's having some kind of an affair with this person. There was no stira at all. But because there was a little bit raglayim ladover, there's some credibility because he warned about this guy and then now there's rumors abound that um, they had some kind of affair going on. So then it's a mitzvah for him to divorce. Don't live with such a woman. You can't live with such a woman and it's it's not it's not it's not uh, proper. We cannot force you, but it's like a, a, a positive thing. So Yaitzi, you should uh, divorce her. And on the other hand, you have no proof that anything happened, so you have to pay Radiksula. <clears throat> so it's like there's a mitzvah to divorce her. Okay, says the commissioner further. Those are the words of Balazir. Rabbi Shua says no. Rabbi Shua says he holds that journey for stereo, you need two complete witnesses. <clears throat> so therefore, he says, if you don't have two witnesses, they don't. Be, she doesn't become also to you. Nevertheless, <inaudible> but if let's say that the that the rumors are very strong and the women are sitting there and and, and sewing and, and 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 weaving and knitting, in, you know, by the moonlight, that's they're sitting gossip, and this is what they're talking about. This particular person, then she should not be drinking the water. There's no point drinking the water here because uh, it's, it's it's like um, it, the fact that everybody talks about it is already, um, we learned before, it, it renders the water not, not uh, effective anymore. And therefore, he should divorce her and um, and, and has to give her a silver again because she didn't really take the test to prove her innocence or not, or otherwise. We don't consider it Loshan Hara. It doesn't matter, but this is, the fact, this is what happened. Ah. Whether they're right to talk about it or not is, is something else. And, and this is just what this is how it is. Um, we actually had a Gemara interesting. If a single way or other place as well, if a single witness comes to court to say that this person committed murder or this person committed a crime, which you need two witnesses, then the Gemara tells the story there that they actually took this exhibit, they took this witness and they gave him Malchus. And the Gemara says, Why do you give him Malchus? He came and told us a story of what happened, what he saw. He received lashes because it's Lashon Hara. Since whatever you're going to tell us now is useless because we can't do anything with that information because a single witness cannot uh, incriminate a person when it comes to matters of you know, capital punishment, like um, murder. And therefore, all you did was he said Lashon Hara. Like what you just raised. Okay, but this is the fact. That's what they're doing. Ahmad, what happens then? What happens if a guy comes along, a witness comes along and says, Ani mas, comes along, and I saw that they actually had an affair. There were two witnesses, this is Abishuna. There were two witnesses that said that she was Stira. And then another person says, 
But I saw during that steer in isolation that they actually had, they committed, she committed adultery. Or, um, or this is a, this is part of the rumors of Kodra Belezer. Then then there's no point in drinking anymore. Uh, why? Because a single witness is believed in this case over here. Because we know now, that, now we're talking about there was steer. There's an argument, Rashi in the Rambam and other Rishayim Howard. Rashi says that we're talking about a case that this person says, during the stira, during the stira, I saw, it wasn't just that they were seclusionally alone, I actually saw that they, that they committed uh, adultery. In that case, in that case, then she's forbidden, obviously, her husband, no point drinking water, and she loses Uksuda. <clears throat> and then other Rishayim learned the Rambam and others, it's not during the stira. Uh, the single witness comes along afterwards. On Monday, there was two, well, two witnesses came along and said, on Monday, we saw them together. Another witness came along and said, but on Tuesday, I saw them having an affair. That's a single witness. But because Raglaim Ludover, the fact is that there was Kinui and Stira, therefore we believe that single witness, to the, to, that she, but we don't believe it to the extent that, that she is also the Ksuba. She loses the Ksuba only because she <laughs> cannot drink the water. Because she cannot drink the water, she loses the Ksuba. And not because we believe the witness. It's, it's, if somebody can mute themselves. <clears throat> Says the Mishnah further. We're in Aflam and Aleph, Amad Aleph, in the middle of the Mishnah. Even a servant, even a maid, had a hail in the money to believe that they pass the Luxuva once there was Kini, once there was Dira, and they come along and they say that um, we saw afterwards because it's uh, this, there's such a strong such a strong likelihood that they're right, therefore anybody can come and testify. <clears throat> Including we had in the mission, we had in the Gemara Yavamas, there were five women that we don't trust their testimony at all because there's a certain rivalry going on. For example, we had a tzara, your co-wife co of the woman or the, the mother-in-law of the woman because she feels that this girl is stealing all the money of her son or whatever it is, or a sister-in-law because the sister-in-law feels threatened by her because in case the, the sister-in-law's husband passes away with no children, she'll eventually have to marry my husband and suddenly become my co-wife. There's a certain rivalry and we don't trust it. But in this case here, if there's already Kinney and Steed and they come along and give us a, tell us, we trust, we do trust them. Says the Mishnah, Chamoisu, Bas Chamoisu, mother-in-law, the daughter, the mother-in-law, the sister-in-law, the tzarasi, your co-wife, the yememta, and your and your sister-in-law. Yeah, that means your your husband's brother's wife, Ubas Baila, and the daughter of your husband. He came into your into the marriage with an existing daughter. All of these are considered rivals for his estate and so on. Had elun and In this case, they're believed because it was kinin the mistira, but v'leila padiksuva. But even so, not to, to for her to forfeit her ksuva because that far we don't believe. Ellis Laetitia, she cannot drink the water. Now the Mishnah explains. We would have thought that we shouldn't believe a single witness. And goes as follows. When it comes, when it comes to the seclusion, he warned her with two witnesses and then don't be in isolation with this person. And then for that steer to happen, you need two witnesses. And let's say there were two witnesses. All it does is they cannot, they short term, they cannot live together until she drinks the water and proves her innocence or otherwise. So I would have thought, in that initial testimony, there's a remedy there. She drinks the water, and if she's innocent, she can go back to her husband. You need two witnesses. So it comes along, somebody says, oh, after that stira, I saw them having an affair together, which this now she's forbidden to her husband forevermore. 
Surely, that you would need two witnesses. Of course, Rabbi Shua, you would think. Therefore, the Pasik says, and we had this in our base, Amid Bays, it says, it says there in the Pasik, the aid ain't, but it says that if she had an affair with somebody and her husband was totally unaware of it, the aid ain't, but we learned, if you remember, that the aid, even though it's written in the singular, actually means two witnesses. Because we'll, as we'll see more here again, it says in the Pasik, the aid echad, which is obvious. If it's an aid, it's written in the singular. Why do you have to spell out echad? To tell you, whenever the Torah uses the word aid, it means two witnesses. A group of witnesses, they become like one body. So the eight Eimbah means there were no two witnesses there, but one. there was one witness, and the Pesach says, and she wasn't forced into it. By saying she wasn't forced into it, it wasn't coerced, that means the Pesach is trying to say, and therefore she's guilty. So we see that one aid can make her guilty. Call aid is sheyesh, but any testimony will work. Even one aid can be guilty, and even that one aid doesn't have to be a kosher witness. It can be an evid, it can be a shivcha. Kal v'chaim, so the Mara says, okay, so now let's go the other way around. Now that we've established that when it comes to say that she's forbidden to her husband forevermore, even a single witness is good enough. So let's go back to Stira and say to Rabbi Yeshua. So when it comes to that middle step, which is that she was alone together with a person, which is not also really to her husband because she deserves, I mean, there is, but she can drink the water and go back to her husband. Then surely there, one witness should be enough to put the, you know, to start the whole process. Why do you have to have two witnesses there? When the testimony of the witnesses is achieving a lot less than the testimony of the, of the latter witness, says the Gemara. <clears throat> now let's say the other way around. Let's go back to the first testimony and say, If the later Eidus, which forbids her forever to her husband, Yet to tell me that one witness is sufficient. So the testimony of witnesses regarding her being in isolation with this person, which does not ask her forever because she has a way out by drinking the water. Surely that one witness should be enough. For that, we have another Pasik where it says the following. We make a Gzereshav. And one Pasik says... If you found something, uh, if you found that uh, something immoral occurred, and therefore you have to give a divorce. And another part says, Whenever you want to establish a dover, you need two witnesses. So therefore, when we talk about, uh, let's say, adultery, we call it, refer to it as a dover. So therefore, whenever you want to um, talk about, establish whether it's adultery or not, you need two witnesses. Malahalan, therefore, for stira, you need two witnesses. Malahalan, Bishnai, or Kana Bishnai. Just look, if there's two over here, also two as well. Says the Gemara. Now the Mishnah says three cases. Case number one Aid Oymenitmas. A single witness comes forward and says that actually she committed adultery, which means she cannot drink the water because the water is only to prove if she's innocent or not, where there's a suffix. There's no doubt anymore. But the aid army and another witness comes along. And says, that's not true. Nothing happens. So what do we do? We cancel the two witnesses out. And what do you have left? The status quo, which is, we don't know. And therefore, she has to bring the water. So we know we had a steerer. We had a kidney. We had a steerer. Then along came a single guy, and a single person said, she, she had an affair either during the steerer, the Rashi, or the Rabbim after the steerer. And another witness contradicts that. So they catch each other out and leave things status quo, whatever it was after the steerer, which is drink the water. Or Isha so we said before, you don't even need a you don't even need a valid witness. A, witness, a woman came along and said that after the stira she uh, committed adultery or during the stira. Another woman says contradicts her. 
then hoisa shoisa. Then the way we learn the Mishnah right now reverts back to the status quo, which is she has to drink the water. What about echad nitmas? If one person says nitmas, that she is tummy, but nitmas. So one person says she's tummy, no point in drinking anymore. They came along two witnesses and says nitmas, nothing happened. She was in seclusion, she drinks the water, nothing happened. Then hoisa shoisa, she drinks the water. Now this part of the Mishnah seems to be redundant. Of course, two witnesses always contradict one witness. We believe the two witnesses. What's going on here? We'll see in the Gemara soon. Case number three, where Shnaim Aymerit Mas first came two witnesses and said she became Tamei, there's no point in drinking. But the Echad Mas, they came along another witness trying to contradict that. In that case, you don't drink. Which obvious, one cannot contradict two. Again, it's so obvious. What's the Mishnah trying to say? So we'll come back to that. First of all, the Gemara has a question. You're telling me to establish this theory that you need two witnesses. You learn out from Xeris Shavu, Dover, Dover. The Gemara is going to ask, in the base of the base, we actually learn out from the word Ba. Now, when do we say the eight echad, eight Ba, that there's no two witnesses there, but just one witness, and that's sufficient, is when to say that she became Tame. And why does he use the word Ba in her? As if to say, only in that case, one witness is good enough, but not when it comes to isolation, stira, nor when it comes to warning, kina. In both of them, you need two witnesses. So why does the Mishnah bring a new concept of a gzeri shava, dover, dover, when we already had the ba? So Hi, Why introduce this gzeri shava, dover? what he should have said is, ba, ba, It says, ba, ba, not by a warning, and ba, not in isolation. In both those cases, you need two witnesses. When do we say a single witness is good enough? Only that after the stira, somebody comes along and says, I saw that they had an, that they committed adultery. And so he's, and the Torah used the word ba, in this case, and not in the other cases, not in the case of warning, and not in the case of stira. So Moses says, hachinam, you're right. The, we, have to, uh, we have to amend the Mishnah slightly as follows. Hachinam, that's what the Mishnah is trying to say. Tamalaya ba, you're right. We learn from the word ba, ba vulay bikini, ba vulay bistira, ba, and not in the stage of warning there, you need two, not in the stage of isolation, you need two. The tumma ba'amba, but what about now the mission? This is the words we're adding in the mission. What about tumma ba'amba? There was no warning, there was no isolation. Somebody comes along and says, I saw this man and woman having married, woman having an affair. Balay kini, balay stira, without warning. How many, how many witnesses do you need then? Because the mission says hey, one is enough. There we will not believe a single witness, only two. Minolan, how do you know that? Maybe we can compare in every case, one witness comes along and says that these people had an affair. We should trust it. That's what the Mishnah says. When it comes to money matters, you need two witnesses. You don't need two witnesses. Then the Mishnah continued. Says the Mishnah, the one witness said that she became Tamei, therefore there's no point drinking water, and the other witness said that she did not become Tamei, so they cancel each other out, and therefore her status quo, she drinks. Taima, the Kamach, sounds from here that the only reason is because the second witness contradicts the first one. What happened if there was no second witness? No, was if only one witness came and says, after the stira, so the rule, the, the rule was, okay, she has to drink the water. Comes along suddenly a witness and says, but I saw her having an affair during the stira or afterwards. How do you know one witness is good enough? So this is where, where we just learned the Mishnah, but the Gemara now spells it out. Turn what we learned. It says in positive, and we learned that aid, as the Gemara will explain in a minute, means actually two witnesses. There were no two witnesses there. 
Bishnayim, because of Madabra, talking about there were no two witnesses there, but only one, and therefore she's guilty. Adoy Mishnayim too, maybe it means there were no witnesses there at all. It says, there's a passage where it says that a single witness should not come and stand up to a person. If it says eight, which is already written in singular form, why do you have to add the word echad? It says that a witness shouldn't come forward. Any Yudea Shu don't ever know that that it's talking about one. Why say one? Zebona of this has come to teach you everywhere else in the Torah. Come to reflect. Whenever the Torah uses the word eight in singular, we mean two. Unless the Taylor comes along and clearly adds the word echad, one. So how do we read this passing? The Omar Rahman Taylor says, that there were no two witnesses here. But what was there? There was a single witness. And then the passing continues and says, because she wasn't coerced, by saying she wasn't coerced, obviously trying to say, therefore she's guilty. So you're saying there were no two witnesses there, but only one witness, and she wasn't for, she's guilty. So we see that a single witness can also be believed in this case. You want to ask now a question. We we learned this in Yevamas, and we Ula came along and said a very interesting thing, that where the Torah says a single witness is good enough, for example, when it comes to something kosher, not kosher, single witness is good enough, okay? And in fact, over there, anybody can be witness. But, some, but where the Torah says you need two witnesses, but there are exceptions where two witnesses, even a, where even a single witness is believed, then that single witness takes on the credibility of two witnesses. So generally speaking, when you want to accuse a woman of committing adultery, you need two witnesses. The Torah says by sight is an exception. If we had kinu and we had stira and a, a single lone witness comes forward, we trust that witness. That means we give the credibility to this witness as if there were two witnesses. So the Gemara asks, if one witness came along and said she became Tameh, that means it's as if two witnesses just came and said she's Tameh. If five minutes later, another witness comes along and says she did not become Tameh, why does the Mishnah say they contradict each other and they cancel each other out? It's like one witness contradicting two witnesses because the first witness, once he came forward, it's like two witnesses. Because the Taylor says that one witness is believed in. Says the Gemara. The key of the Mishnah said, you tell me, my Taylor one witness is good enough. So how can, when the second witness comes forward and contradicts him, how can he contradict him? Didn't Ula say, whenever the Taylor says a single witness is believed, we treat it as if there were two. And how can one witness contradict two? The first witness, when he came forward after Kini Estira, after the warning and after the isolation, came forward and said that I saw them having an affair, and we and we learned from a posse now, we trust that witness, so that witness now is believed like two, has a credibility of two witnesses. Then another witness comes along and, counts, and contradicts that, so what? It's one against two. El Amarullah said, as a result of that question, it's a very strong question, he says, you're right, we are going to amend the Mishnah. To me, you know how you should learn the Mishnah? Loi hayashaysen. If a single witness came forward and said that this that she committed adultery, he's considered like two, and we believe him. So no longer you could drink the water. Then came along another witness that contradicted the first witness. We don't trust the second witness. We only trust the first witness. But says, um, sorry, Abitri said the same thing. It didn't drink. However, Abitri argues and he says, 
leave the Mishnah the way it's written in our Mishnah, and the question is why? What about Ula? What about Ula? Ula said the first witness has the credibility of two people. Why do you say that? No, they cancel each other out. So Rebchia says a logical thing. He says, when do we say that the first witness is the first witness and the second witness, the first is given the credibility of two? If you first had one witness, we've established what he said, we accepted what this person said, and then afterwards came a second person. So the first person already is credible, and we gave the person the, 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 the weight of two witnesses. Then another person comes along and tries to contradict that. Can't contradict that. But if they both came in together to court, and one of them said one way, and one that said the other way, then it's one against one. And therefore, Rabbi said, in our Mishnah, we're talking about they both came to court at the same time. And therefore, it's one against one. Says the Gemara. Like Kashi, Kabevasachas, Al Mishnah, talking about they came together at the same time, they come together at the same time, they catch each other out. Kan But if they first come, um, one guy comes, and then the other guy comes, the first guy has, and that's all this case, the credibility of two, second guy cannot contradict that. Um, Rashi is very unclear what's the definition or how do you explain the second person, you know, they come together. What does together mean? And Taisus understood Rashi, the first half of Rashi. Rashi said, what's together? If the second witness speaks, of the first. We already had this concept, the time that it takes to turn around and you know, to pause whatever you were doing and wait and greet your teacher and say, Shalom Alecha Rebbe or Shalom Alecha Rebbe Meiri, different opinions, and that's it. So if the second witness comes within that time frame, it's considered as if they came with us, Achas. But if the second witness came after that time frame, it's no longer considered with us, Achas. It's as if the first guy was already given the credibility of two. That's how Rashi says in the first half of Rashi, and Taisa understood that from Rashi. But Rashi, I'll just quote you the rest of Rashi, but Rashi seems to, the, the rest says something else. The Rashi then says in the Rashi Kama Vasachas, the bottom half of the page, he says here, uh, the heichna, I'm just going to quote you Rashi here. Rashi says, When do we say that the first witness has the credibility of two? When? Now Rashi should have just said, if the second person came after Kedai So the first person already is accepted and that's, uh, is already you know, finished the testimony, they breathe like two. And then the second person came a few seconds later. Rashi says, no. Kigoyim, for example, the first witness said his testimony, the Yatsa, and he walked out. The second person can no longer contradict it. Sounds of this Rashi here, if the first person is still in the court and the court, the judge hasn't yet accepted this person's testimony, even though the second person might not have opened the mouth for another 20 minutes, an hour later, it's still considered the same vasach, as it's still in the same courtroom, the same case, and it hasn't been determined yet. So Rashi is a little bit unclear what he means there. Anyway, let's get back to the Gemara. So the Gemara. Um, so that, so he makes a very logical distinction between if they both came together, then they, they cancel each other out. If they came separately, then the first person has a credibility of two. So our Mishnah, when it says Shais, it actually means they don't drink because the first person has a credibility of two. And our Mishnah is talking about if one person came in. First, why are the second why the second item the one contradicting considered item Zunaman? Because no, contradicting are called there's two kinds of contradictions. One is called Aide Hakhasha and one is called Aide Hazam. Eide Hazam is a unique case. Eide Hazam is where they say, don't know if it happened or not, but you weren't there at the time. And in order to do Eide Hazam, you always need two witnesses. One can't do anything. 
would we say it didn't happen? It's not true. It's not true. It's not that you weren't there at the time. It's not true. The idea of Aiden Zaymin, why we believe the second pair rather than the first, Abayah says it's a Chiddush. We'll have it in Moramakis. It's a Chiddush because um, what's the logic? Why believe the second more than the first? But Aiden Chash is we don't know who to believe. But Serapchia said that our. Um, Rav Chia said, um, don't amend our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says you give to drink because, um, and um, uh, what do you call it? Um, when, the first, um, when the first person came along and says, <clears throat> um, our Mishnah talking about they came together. Because they came together, the, even though the first one said she became Tamit, and the second one said she didn't, they cancel each other out because our Mishnah is talking about the Vas Achas. Ula doesn't make that distinction. Says what I got a problem. I got a problem. The next two cases in our Mishnah, because it's so obvious the next two cases in our Mishnah, where it's one against two, we always believe two, must be the Mishnah is not trying to tell you the din of one against two. The Mishnah is trying to teach us the inference. And the inference is a problem. So let's go through it. In our Mishnah, it says, one witness comes along and says, she became tough. Vishnaimaimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
the Tana says one is enough and Shulia is enough, then we look at the number. The, the, the Gemara Shur says the general rule is that Trey Kimeya. If two witnesses says that something happened and two witnesses contradict that, we don't know who to believe, right? So we toss the case out. What happened? Two witnesses said something happened and 3,000 witnesses come along and said it never happened. It makes no difference. Two is like 100. That is where the laws of ages come into effect because it's exerus akasa, we don't really understand. But where the absuliatus, why do we accept it? Because it's it's not exerus akasa, it's logical that if somebody said this happened, there's a, there's a good chance that's actually what happened. Then numbers do matter. But if you have five saying one thing and two saying something else, five probably saying the truth. So therefore, Amnichemi says, we're talking about posleidus, Amnichemi, father Amnichemi. The time you learn, Amnichemi says, whenever the Torah says, you believe a single witness, that means the Torah is saying, we don't know, we're no longer dealing here with the Xeris HaKosov, that special decree about witnesses, which we don't really fully understand. You just have to follow certain rules, a certain paradigm, and that's how it is. We're talking about more a case of probability. Probability, then numbers do matter. Then follow the logic. If there are more people on one side than the other side, then probably that's the, the, the side you should believe. And the Osu Noshim the two women against one man, even though the man's a kosher witness, and the two women say are not kosher witness, but here it's not a question of witness. Here it's a question of logic, probability. Then two women against one man, you believe the two women? Uh, two men against one man, we believe the two women. That's one version of Rabbi Nechemia. The other version of Nechemia is, the other version is, no, not if two women are against one man. Even in this case, if it's a man that comes forward, then it's it's uh, still not just a case of probability, it's a case more of ages. And the Torah made a custom, but in this case, one age is enough. But if it's, if it's one woman versus two women, then it's not a case of ages, it's a case more of probability, of likelihood, then numbers do matter. So the first witness came as a kosher witness, where we allow one witness, then a hundred women will have the same status as one person. And the first person has now the credibility of two witnesses. So this is a din and ages. And now if a hundred women come along and try to contradict that, they're only considered like one eight, and eight, one eight cannot contradict two. You know what I'm talking about? When it says in the Mishnah that one eight said she became Tommy, that um, that she became Tommy, and two Adim came along and said they should not become Tommy. <clears throat> um, we said over there what that um, that they, if you, she drinks the water because we don't trust the one eight, right? One eight said that he became Tommy, and two Adim said he didn't become Tommy. We cancel each other out. Why? So well, it depends which version of Nehemia. Either in the first version of Nehemia, even the first eight was a man. And the second were two were two women who said you should not become tummy. Two women against one man. They the two women canceled the one man completely um, because uh, there's no ages here at all. Just probability, and two believe more than one. If you follow the second version of the Chemia, then the first witness that came wasn't a man, was a woman. And the second two witnesses came along with two other women. And two women canceled are stronger than one woman because the case of probability. And therefore, she, she probably did not become tummy, and she should drink the water. Because we have the stira, and therefore you need to drink water. Woman came in the beginning. This is how you should learn the Mishnah called says one witness is believed, then it's a question of probability. And therefore, the greater the number, 
the more likelihood that they'll tell the truth. But also, so if you have two women against one woman, it's two men against one man. You believe the two versus the one. But if the first person that came along was one man, this is the second version of the Chavim, the first person that came along was one man, which has a credibility of two, he's It's just like um, half and half. And therefore, if, and therefore, the Pentecostal if they came in unison, they came together, then the, the, the person, the, the, let's say, the, the first person who came along and said that, uh, the first woman who came along and said that you came to me, and then the other woman who came along and said, Naba, come to me, they all came together. So, sorry, the first one who came was a man and said she became to me. So you don't drink. At the same time, three women came along and said, no, she did not become to me. Because they came together, it's one against one. And they cancel each other out. But if the man came first and established that she became tummy, and then the following day or a little bit while later, two women came along and said, Now become tummy, then these two women have a din like one aid against two, because the first man, once he was accepted, his testimony is like two witnesses, and one against two is not believed. But but if two women against one man, no, the man came first. And then later, the woman came, as if the half and half, they definitely have the status only of one witness. And regarding the first witness that came, the man, it depends. If it's together, then they catch each other out. If it's then the man is blue like two. So why do you need the last two cases of the Mishnah? We're basically saying the same thing. We're talking about a number of women that came that we believe the majority, you know, whichever number is greater, we believe them. So what's the point of telling us first if one witness said she became Tameh and two said she didn't? And the other way around, one witness said she did not become Tameh and two said she did become Tameh. It's the same logic. Why do you have to tell me both sides of both sides of the case? You know, whichever one, you know, one of the, the one either said tell me, one said not tell me. What's the point? Says so you want to know. I would have thought. I would have thought. When do you say you look at the majority number when we're being machmer? We're saying, you know what? If one witness said that she became tummy, no drinking, and two witnesses came along and said, no, she did not become tummy, she should drink. Oh, it's a chumra. We want her to drink. It is a chumra. So therefore, we follow. We say two women have more validity than one woman. But if, let's say, two women came along and said that she's tummy, so she doesn't drink, and one, with, and one woman said she did she did not become tummy, so she should drink, in that case, um, um, maybe we don't we don't say that one is, is equal to um, we don't go. To say that she doesn't have to drink, maybe we don't follow these numbers. It makes no difference that if in the case where the trader says Here's an exception. You only have one witness, and we're therefore going to lower the criteria, and we're going to allow psuliatus in in a situation where they're all psuliatus in the second version of Nehemiah, or in the first version where there was a, a man and, and then um, a, a bunch of women which have the same status as if they were one aid. Then we follow the rules depending if they came the vasachas or they came zeachazeh. If it's versus a man, and if it's woman against woman, we look at the numbers, whichever numbers are greater. So if it's woman against woman, even if one woman came first and the other woman came tomorrow, we don't we never give the credibility to the to the woman, the first one, as if she's two Aidas, because they don't she doesn't have a din of Aiden. So she's only one. And tomorrow came along two contradicted her. We'll always follow the larger number because we look at probabilities, not exactly the cuts of anymore. And the laws of probability, two are, are more credible than one. Hadna Lok Mishakine, we learned an entire paragraph in one with Sergei Shabbos.